listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. One of the things that um, you've actually been hearing us talk a lot about lately or teach a lot and preach and share about is uh, kind of who we are as a church and what God calls the church to be. And, and from the scriptures, it talks about how we're a body and that we, um, you know, we care for each other. You know, we pray for one another. We love on each other. We bless one another. Um, sometimes we have to forgive one another. That's always fun. Um, uh, but this morning, we're going to have a little different. We've got some stuff going on um, that uh, we just want to share with you guys so you can be up to speed um, so you know how to pray for, for what's happening. Um, we've just, uh, that's what we're doing. You guys okay with that? Good, because that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, actually, at, at this time, we're going to start off. There's just been a, um, uh, um, I, don't, I don't like giving um, the enemy any more credit uh, than he needs, uh, but the scripture teaches a lot about um, that we're, uh, we have warfare. You know, and there's a real enemy. Um, what's that? Uh, there's a there's a real enemy that we uh, deal with, that we fight with. The scripture, in fact, as we've been going through Ephesians, and we haven't got there yet, but we will. Where it talks about standing uh, in our armor. Uh, the reason we have armor is because sometimes we're in a battle. Sometimes there's a war, and uh, so uh, we've been seeing some of that. But Jesus. One, <laughs> and we're standing on that. We're standing on who he is and his faithfulness as we've been already singing this morning and worshiping this morning. So most of you guys already know, again, some of you guys I know are visiting and it's the first time, And uh, but um, most of you guys know back in December, Kathy actually had to go in to have her kidney taken out um, because of cancer that was uh, diagnosed, not diagnosed, but was in her kidney. Um, and so she had kidney surgery. It was taken out. Uh, we were told at that time that uh, that they got it all, that everything was uh, in, encapsulated. Um, the doctor felt very good about it, checked all the margins around, and felt very well that everything was good. Um, she went back for several months, just you know, having tests done, and basically was going back again. My time frame's probably going to be a little messed up, but just this is what happened. <laughs> um, Several months ago, she went back to basically what we thought was going to be kind of like his last thing of, hey, we want to do this, and we're going to release you for a year. You don't have to come back. And so she went. They, he wanted to do a um, CT scan. Um, and so she had the CT scan, and then he calls us and says, um, the scan shown up something that really concerned him. There was two lymph nodes that were low in her pelvic area uh, that didn't look good. And so it really concerned him, and he um, – he was still very kind of perplexed. He said, normally kidney cancer, if it does come back, it goes up. It doesn't go down. And so he was kind of almost still in shock, didn't really think that's what it was, but said you need to get it looked at. So at that point, we hooked up with uh, an oncologist at MD Anderson, which was uh, maybe two months ago at this point in time. And uh, Went to see him just to get his thoughts, and he uh, definitely he saw that scan and said, yes, you definitely need to go get it biopsied, and I also want to order an upper CT scan to just, just to look, check, make sure everything's okay. 
So had that done, um, he was a uro- urological oncologist, I believe, and uh, he called and uh, he said, I don't like doing this over the phone, but you need to see uh, somebody quicker than waiting to see me, and I want to turn you over to a medical oncologist in MD Anderson, part of their part of their group. So we went to see him, and he explained to us at that time that um, – that this was definitely, they'd had the, bi- the biopsy, it was definitely cancer in the lymph nodes, and that it was the um, basically the same exact strand of cancer that was in her kidney. Um, but also the upper CT scan showed that, um, that she had some lymph nodes in her esophagus area, not in the esophagus, but in that area, that some of those um, lymph nodes uh, looked bad. And... Um, he said, we can biopsy them if you want to. He said, I don't really think you need to. It's, uh, we're pretty much assured that it's the same strand that you have. Now, this was, uh, I guess, two weeks ago at this point in time. And he said uh, then that, um, he said, the problem is, is that it's a very rare form of cancer. It's not a typical type of kidney cancer, but it's a very rare form of cancer and that, um, his statement to us is there had only been 100 reported cases of this particular type of cancer in America. Um, and you know, I looked at Kathy and said, I've told her, you, you've always been rare. And uh, she, <laughs> she said that she was a rare gem, which is what I'd been saying all along. She was a rare gem. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, he said, it's just, um, he said, at this point in time, we're really not sure what to do, how to treat it, or exactly what it is. So they, two weeks ago, they were sending that culture, that biopsy, off to some other professionals that would really just examine it with a fine-tooth comb and go in and compare it against, he said, like 600 different markers to basically nail down this is what it is and this is how we treat it. And so we saw this doctor again, who's the oncologist, Friday, and he said it would be like another week and a half, 1st of October, before we got those results back. Um, at the same time, for about six weeks now, Kathy's been having um, a lot of pain, severe pain in her neck and up toward her, her bottom part of her skull. Um, and so he had, uh, a week ago, had, uh, last week, I guess it was at this point, like I say, my time frames are kind of crazy, but I believe it was Tuesday, she went in to have an MRI done on her neck and her, in this area of her brain, or her whole head, I guess. And, um, they, uh, uh, he called me, um, he called me and said that it's, that that's caused from the cancer as well, that it had gotten in her bone and that the C2 vertebrae, which is the second one down, um, was showing there was cancer there and it had weakened that vertebrae and that there's a hairline um, fracture in the vertebrae and that was Tuesday and he said I've already called the neurologist um, group Lowry uh, radiologist neurosurgeons uh, he said they're the best in the city uh, we've since heard from several people that they are indeed the best in the city um, we've been waiting to hear from them because he felt like this needed to be something done immediately because his concern is that um, if it continued to weaken that the vertebrae could you know, collapse or, or break and could cause some uh, permanent damage on her spinal cord. So 
We've been waiting since Tuesday to hear from them. We saw him Friday. He said, I've been talking to them. He said, I will call them again and put a fire under their butt. Uh, That's kind of the way he put it. And uh, um, he said, but they will need to do, he said, basically they'll treat it one of two ways. They'd go in and put some cement um, in there to kind of fuse it together, or they may would go in and, and put some kind of hardware in there, basically to keep to keep it from getting any worse. Um, so we're still, we're waiting to hear from them. Um, we're hoping Monday morning we're going to hear something. Um, he pretty much said, if you don't hear something by then, just go to the ER, <laughs> um, and they will get you in that way, and that will make them do something quicker rather than later. Um, so, again, these are just some decisions we need to hear God from and, and how to do it and what to do, when to do what. Um, uh Is that everything? So, yeah, she's got a spot also. I, I'm not going to bore you with all the other details. Um, basically, um, we just we need prayer, obviously. And we've been getting a lot of prayer. Without y'all's prayer, people, many, some of you have already known, many of our friends have already known, and um, uh, we wouldn't be uh, standing, I don't think, today if it wasn't for uh, folks already praying uh, for us and uh, lifting us up and you know, helping us to stand, helping us to, uh, you know, at times like this, we hold each other's arms up and pray for one another. And um, we can, I, I mean, literally we can feel your prayers. I mean, we, we know, uh, I mean, we have our moments uh, where we, um, you know, I go out in the yard and say a few words I probably shouldn't say and <laughs> and question and wonder where are you at, God? And uh, but that's one of the things I love about the Psalms. You can read the Psalms, and it's okay to do that. You know, David would cry out often, uh, where are you at, God? And then he would wait, and then he'd speak to his soul and tell it to straighten up, <laughs> come in line. And so sometimes you have to do that. But um, at this point, what we want to do is um, Kathy's going to share kind of uh, the Lord's perspective on all this versus the doctor's perspective uh, and then I'm going to close out. I feel like God gave me a scripture this morning that I want to uh, just share with you guys. And then we're going to go back into some worship. Um, that's We're going to worship Jesus uh, no matter what. Right? Um, we're, that's in the midst of whatever happens. Uh, we're going to keep our eyes toward him uh, and keep focused on him. So, Kath, why don't you come on up? She has this pretty necklace on. <laughs> Which she just loves. She loves really wearing things that make her look good. That's one of her favorite things to do. <laughs> and uh, uh, for two reasons. One is it helps keep her neck in place. The other is so everybody wouldn't just come up and hug on her this morning. So no hugs as much as she loves hugs. And even when we're praying, just kind of pray from a distance. And uh, Okay, you with me? I know. All my buttons are getting pushed. My pride, my vanity... So in the midst of getting bumped, I'm having to rely on my core. And, um, and I am so grateful that I have spent these last years finding out who I am in the Lord and who he is and trusting in him and what the word says. And so today I'm being very bold. <laughs> and I'm having a good, better day today. I'm not going to say I haven't had my freak out days. Um, 
day before yesterday was one. I couldn't even dry my own hair, and I had to ask my husband, and it's like, really? So I'm getting pushed. All my buttons are getting pushed, and I have to climb up in the lap of the Lord. So um, that's just kind of all part of this, and that's where y'all will need to pray for me, and that's where I want to be vulnerable with you because I'm still going to stand on what the Lord says. This is a diagnosis from them. This is fact. I can't deny this. I can't say this isn't happening. I can't, you know, pretend that this is, you know, non-existent. But I have to hear these things, and then I have to say, okay, but this is what my God says. This is where I stand on what Jesus did on the cross for me, and that what I believe is that we pray heaven to earth. And so that's what we're going to pray. We're going to pray that heaven comes to earth for me. And so I've, it's been really sweet as we've um, told my family and we've told the core team here and a few other people that um, there have been a couple of things the Lord's reminded me of. And um, the first thing, um, and I keep getting it over and over and over, and I have said this, and I have said this, to the enemy, but I've also, I am declaring this over myself. And that Psalms 18, 118, 17, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount, speak and declare the goodness, which are the deeds of my God. Because the Lord is good all the time. Even in the midst of this, I have already seen him do amazing things. I've already seen him send me words I've already had people give me encouragements. I have felt the presence of the Lord with me when I've wanted to cry, when I have, and when I have said to the Lord, you have got to be kidding me. And um, so God is faithful to his word. And the word says that Jesus took on all, all, capital A, capital L, capital L, all of my infirmities. Nothing is too big for him. So this cancer word for me is the little c. Jesus Christ, the son of God who gave his life for me is the capital C. He is much bigger. And just like that, he is going to eat this thing up. My immune system was created by God to fight off anything that's in my body that's not supposed to be there. And so we are praying for that. We are praying that one of these 600 markers is going to connect and where factually they have said it may not respond. That is not true. God is going to make a way he always has for me and he will hear. And so that's what we're praying for. And we want one of the immune system ones because there's a whole lot less stuff that goes along with that. But... I'm just standing on the word. Also, Psalms 107.20 says, He sent his word and healed me and delivered me from all destruction. 1 Peter 2.24, By his wounds I am healed. These are all words from the word. If I am going to believe, if you are going to believe that Jesus saves us so that we no longer go to hell, which is where we are destined to go from the day we're born and we take our first breath. But what Jesus did on the cross was enough to save me, 
then what Jesus did and what the word says is that it, it heals me as well, then I have to believe that too. I can't take parts of the word and believe that and not take the other parts just because we see more people get saved. We don't necessarily see more people healed. Okay? We do live in a fallen world. We cannot deny that. It's part of living on this earth. But we also see the kingdom come. And if salvation is real, healing is real. Deliverance is real. Freedom is real. And we have seen that all along in people's lives. So we have to take that and say, this is truth. This is the truth of the word. Deuteronomy 3.16. I am strong and courageous. I do not fear or be in dread of sickness, for it is the Lord your God, the Lord my God, who goes with me, and he will not leave me nor forsake me. That's the truth of the word. This is what I have to stand on. And this is where we get to practice too. I was saying where our roots are all bound together and growing together. We're going to stand together as a church. We're going to stand together as a family. And we are going to see God be victorious in all kinds of things. Because God's called us to be a body of believers. He called us to be a church here. And just in, when we were going through all of the whole transition of where we were going to be, where we going to survive in all this, and we heard that um, only 1% of churches in our state would survive. And I said to the Lord, I said, well, I did use the hell word. I'm sorry, I did. And I said to the Lord, because I was just in such frustration, I said, well, why in the hell can't my church be that 1%? You called us to do this. You called Bobby and I to do this as a couple and pastor differently. That's weird in itself. And it's been a challenge the whole time in itself. But... God called us to do this, and he called this vineyard to exist from its foundation. And from its foundation, it was a church that was to demonstrate the kingdom of God. That every one of you get to play in the kingdom. You all have been called. It's not about two people or four people or six people, whatever the team is. It's about all of us together bringing heaven to earth. And we are going to do that, and we are going to see that. Because that's what we've been called to do as a church. And so just like I had somebody remind me, just like we asked the Lord, can we be the 1% and we are surviving? Do you not see all of you sitting here? Is God not blessing and doing and providing? Yes, he is. Well, by George, why in the hell can't I be the 1% that also survives this? Okay? That is my belief system with God. That's what I'm going to stand on, and that's what I'm going to believe, and that's what I'm trusting you to pray with me for. I have testimonies, and I know of testimonies of people that have been healed from cancer. Excuse me. I won't even use the word. From the little C. I just call it the little C. I know people. I have a really good friend that has gone through lots, had bone marrow transplant. She is surviving. She is doing, and she is living and declaring the goodness of her God. 
So I have those memory stones over here. My sister, I have her. I have people that I know that I know have been healed from cancer, and I'm standing on those. And so I'm telling you, I'm going to cry. I can tell you I'm going to have those days. I know that they will be there. But you all are praying for me. I'm going to feel those prayers. God's going to be there. We are praying for Jody's mom. Her name is Donna. You can pray for her. So we are going to stand together as a body. That what the enemy means to cause all of this, whatever he's up to, God will give us the scheme of the enemy because he wants us. We are in a battle. But God wins. God always, always wins. Always. So, I was not going to let this be a day of doom and gloom. So, in the name of Jesus, I pray all the heaviness of this stuff off of us. And we are going to worship, and we are going to go, because listen to this. This is 1 Thessalonians, I have to keep my head up, 518. In everything, I give thanks. In everything, I give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for me. That I, this, not the little c, this, that I receive every promise and decree. I am healed in Jesus' name, and I shall praise you and continue to give you thanks for a long, healthy, abundant life. Because by his stripes I am healed. And John 10, 10, Jesus came that I might live and have an abundant life. That has not changed. This is not from him. This little thing is not from my God. It's not here to teach me anything. He teaches me by his love and instructing me like a good parent. The word says, if we as good parents know how to give to our kids, how much more does my heavenly father know how to love and give to me? So therefore, this He will teach me all kinds of great things about me, things I don't want to look at, like my pride, my all of this that I have to deal with, you know, my my independence. This just pushes all my buttons right here. You know, oh, just let us know if you need anything. Oh. That is just way beyond my ability to do that. I have no problem doing stuff for you, and I would be upset with you if you didn't ask me to help you. But this, for me, this is, I'm just being honest, this is extremely difficult for me. Have somebody come and clean my house. and Anyway, we are going to praise God right now because we are thankful in all things. So I need you to stand up. I need you to engage in worship. I need you to be thankful to the Lord for everything that you have. Oh, Bobby wants to share first. Sorry, I forgot. She gets caught up in glory. (laughs) I just want to read some verses to you, and then we're going to go back into worship. In 2 Corinthians, this has been a verse I've been hanging on to for a while. 
Um, and it's the first thing I heard when we found out about all this stuff is that Paul says this, uh, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that his all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. That's one of my favorites. It's okay to be perplexed, but it's not okay to be in despair without hope. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. He goes down to verse 16. He says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And I love this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on what the doctors say, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. So we fix our eyes on Jesus. And I want to finish with this passage here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. One of Jeremy's friends in Australia sent this word to us. And um, I just want to read it to you. 2 Chronicles 20. It says, Alarm, Jehoshaphat. The, these, basically, Israel has been surrounded by their enemies that are getting ready to attack. And Jehoshaphat says this, that he resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O oh, our God, do you not drive out the inhabit? Did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, "If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment, or plague, or famine, and we will stand." in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress. And you will hear us and save us. For now, here are men from Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir that, that have not allowed, that you did not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they have turned away from them and, and we did not destroy them. See how now they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession that you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We have no power. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jill, the son of Mattatiah, a Levite, and a descendant of Asaph. And he stood in the assembly and he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all you who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. 
because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will, look at this, you will not have to fight this battle. <laughs> Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people in Jerusalem and Judah fell down and worshipped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa and they set out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And as they went out, the head of the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise the praise the Lord, the Lord. Everybody say the Lord. The Lord set ambushes. <laughs> Don't you just love that? He set ambushes against all these enemies. I'm going to just kind of paraphrase from here. And when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert to look toward this vast army, what they saw was only dead bodies laying on the ground and no one escaped. Jehoshaphat, look at this, Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off all their plunder. And they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took them three days <laughs> to gather up the plunder. And then it says in the last verse there that the fear of God came upon all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. There's a scripture that says, I believe it's in Psalms, it may be Proverbs, but somewhere in the middle of the book. There's a scripture that says, when the thief is caught, he must give back sevenfold. We know it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's been caught. And so we're just, we're, we're not just, we're just not believing for healing. We're believing for plunder to be returned. We're believing for abundance. We're believing that the enemy has to give back to us sevenfold the stuff that he's stolen from us. And we're that's what we're standing for. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.